Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome back. This is episode number 238 and I'm so happy you're here. There are a ton of podcasts out there that you could be listening to and you are choosing to listen to this one and spend your time with me. I am super grateful. Today we are going to talk about stress and anxiety and all of that fun stuff. Why stress and anxiety can make losing weight feel like basically impossible and I'm going to explain what to do about it. Another way to think of this is like just why trying to lose weight can feel so stressful sometimes, right? But first, before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out. A shout out to everyone that I got to hang out with on April 13th. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I had a a free uh, online class, a free live coaching call, whatever. Uh, And we were all there hanging out together live and I did some teaching and then we got to do Q&A and just talk and kind of get to know each other. I kind of got to know a few of you amazing podcast listeners and it was so much fun and so wonderful. I only do those events about two or three times per year. But man, if you enjoy this podcast, if you listen and enjoy, you're crazy not to attend one of those. And I just, like I said, I absolutely love getting to interact with you, getting to know you and, and kind of hear your feedback and and help you out as much as I can. So I love it. Thank you all for attending last week, a couple weeks ago. I don't know when this episode will be released. Anyways, thank you for attending back on April 13th. Now, let's not waste any time. Let's get into today's content. So this has been something that's bounce, that was bouncing around in my head for quite some time, partially because I already did an episode that was related in a in a weird but similar or in a weird way but yet still very similar way back in the spring of 2020 2020 the pandemic yes when it all got kicked off we were freshly into that new crazy time right the worldwide pandemic in this little podcast that you're listening to that we're 230 something episodes into now it was only four and a half months old. It was it was in its infancy. I was on episode number 25, and I thought, you know what? I should do my best to help people try to navigate some of this really weird, stressful stuff that we're all going through. And here's a little segment of what I shared back on episode number 25 in the spring of 2020. I said, We are in some crazy, unprecedented times. When you think about it, it's kind of like we're living in a movie. There's an unstoppable virus spreading across the globe. People are quarantined to their homes. Everyone's looking at each other funny, wondering if they've got it, if they're sick. The stock market is dropping. Government officials are freaking out. And, you know, we're wondering, like, are we headed toward a massive recession or depression? Will we have enough food? How long will this last? And there's nothing to distract us. (laughs) Everything's canceled. No sports, no concerts, no nothing. And if you're not careful, you find yourself constantly filled with this nonstop, low to medium grade worry, anxiety, stress, and borderline depression. Maybe you're just trying to hold it all together and keep the panic attacks at bay. Like I said, these are crazy times and no one can blame you if you're feeling this way. For a lot of you, probably the last thing on your mind right now is losing weight or staying in shape. And on the surface, that makes sense. 
because you've got so many other things to worry about, right? That was three years ago. And some of you may be like, wow, I thought things had changed, but things, <laughs> things really haven't changed that much. That sounds like today I'm still, I still feel the same way. I'm still worried. And the interesting thing, I have a number of friends and, and colleagues and so forth who are in the counseling world, and they said ever since the pandemic that it's been completely overwhelmed. Like there are not enough counselors and therapists to meet the demands. And so a lot of these things, the, you know, the anxiety, the worry, the stress, the depression, the panic, a lot of these things have hung around. So if you're feeling that way, it's not just you. But when I wrote that and recorded that, it was three years ago. Now, here we are, almost exactly three years later. And since that time, I've experienced personally tremendous stress myself. I've coached countless people through all sorts of highs and lows, and I've done my best to pay really close attention along the way. And here's the thing. It seems that some of the things from three years ago are just as true right now. Not even like the, the pandemic or the world situation, like the current event situation. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about the mental side of stuff. This part in particular, I said for a lot of people, probably the last thing on their mind is losing weight or staying in shape or getting in shape. And on the surface, that makes sense because you've got so many other things to worry about, right? So that little part... I find this just as true now in 2023 as it was back in 2020. A lot of people want to lose weight. They might even make valiant attempts, but they feel like it's just a massive fight the entire time. And they just can't sustain it. Maybe they kind of know why, or they think they know why, or maybe they don't. For so many of these people, what I've noticed is that their life is one big stress-worry sandwich. They battle through anxiety the majority of the day, just trying to keep it together, keep their head above water. And then, oh yeah, they also need to stick to their diet and force themselves to do that workout that they have no energy for because all their mental and physical energy has been burnt up dealing with nonstop stress and anxiety all day long. And some of you might be like, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've never felt more seen in my life. <laughs> Now, I don't mean to laugh. It's just, if this is you, look, I want to be completely honest. I can't solve all your problems in one episode of one podcast, but I do believe this episode could be incredibly eye-opening and a massive overall help. Today, we're going to dig into good old Psychology 101 to explain what's going on in your head and why you feel the way you do. It all comes back to the exact same concept that I discussed 200-ish episodes ago, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. This is basically a concept that human beings have five different categories of needs, but they're not all weighted equally. Some needs are more pressing and more important. It's just hardwired into us. And then here's the interesting part. Until the more important foundational need is met, then it's nearly impossible, or it just feels nearly impossible, to give our time, attention, and energy to a different need or desire that is on a higher level. Now, this may kind of make sense. You may already be sort of familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You may remember that old episode. I don't know. Or you just may be totally confused. It's okay. Hang with me. I'll bring it all together. It'll all make sense. So let's start by quickly going through the five different needs or different levels of Maslow's hierarchy. It will be really helpful, in my opinion, if you think of this as a pyramid. 
that's usually the visual. If you Google it, you'll you, that's what will pop up, a pyramid. I encourage you to, if possible, maybe even grab a pen and a pad and actually draw this out. Or you could, if you're sitting at a desk, you can Google it and just look at the images there as you listen to the rest of this episode. It, it will just, I think it really helps to have a visual to be able to see it, okay? Now, if you can't draw it, if you can't bring it up on Google, that's fine. Just visualize it in your mind. Okay? Okay, here we go. At the bottom of the pyramid, the biggest and most important level, the foundation, is our most basic needs. You can probably guess what these are. Food, water, sleep, and homeostasis, which basically just means biological balance. So the first set of needs are the, the physiological things that keep us alive. And it makes sense, right? Like without these, nothing else matters. If you die, nothing else matters. So, I mean, who's going to be interested in losing weight or getting in shape if they haven't slept in four nights and don't have enough food or water? No one, right? That's just the way it is. So that's the foundation. That's the basics at the very bottom of the pyramid. Now, if we move one level up the pyramid, our next most important need is for safety and security. Stuff like our physical safety, employment that ensures resources like money and a home, and then also... Maslow clumps into this health and wellness. But here's what's so important to realize, because you may be like, aha, that's why I want to lose weight. It's super, super important. It's, it's close to the foundation of my, my hierarchy of needs. No, 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 no. This is not physical improvement, per se. It's just basic health, like in terms of safety. Like, is my health threatened? Am I going to die because I'm so unhealthy, because my health is so bad? In general, this second level of needs is just, it's still very foundational. It's safety, safety and survival. The first two levels are basic things that so many of us take for granted. Food, water, and safety. Having these, honestly, in tremendous abundance on a regular basis is a big reason that most of us even have the luxury of worrying about physical improvement and how we want to look. As I'm recording this episode, a heartbreaking war is going on in the Ukraine. Now, imagine going to some area over in the Ukraine where bombs have just been dropped, bullets are flying around, and people are scared to death. Would anything surprise you more than if someone walked up to you and went, you know, there's a lot going on here, but you know, I've really got to do something about my weight. I mean, I saw a news clip of me running that there was a bomb the other day. And I saw a news clip of me running through the street right after that bomb exploded. And, oh, oh my gosh, I hated the way I looked when I saw myself on the news. <laughs> yeah, I think you see what I mean, right? It's totally absurd. So now you're beginning to understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs a little better. So let's, let's keep going. That's the first and second level. The third level, as we move up the pyramid, is our need for love and belonging and acceptance. Friendships family, and sexual intimacy all fall into this category. These things are, of course, very important, but not as important as food, water, and safety. If you don't have the other stuff, you might die, and you certainly won't be interested in having sex or hanging out with your friends to catch up. So that's the third level. As we continue to move up, next, at the fourth level, getting close to the top of our pyramid is our need for esteem, self-esteem, stuff like confidence, achievement, and respect from others. Again, things that we're not worried about if the other things, the other previous needs aren't met. And then finally, at the very top, is what Maslow called the need for self-actualization. 
he described this as achieving the fullest use of one's talents and interest. It's our need to become everything that we are capable of becoming. I guess this perfectly aligns with what we hear and see so much on social media. Stuff like, become the best version of yourself and live your best life. All of those sorts of little sayings. And I would argue that these top two levels are where losing weight and getting in shape fall for most of us. Whether people realize it or not, if we peel back the layers, the true underlying reason that we want to lose weight and get fit are to have more self-esteem, to have a sense of accomplishment and achievement, and to become our best self, or as Maslow would say, to become everything that we are capable of becoming. And all of these things are a perfect description of the top two levels of the hierarchy of needs. Our desire, your desire to lose weight and look better sits perfectly at the top of the pyramid. And it doesn't matter how important you think it is. Your brain is hardwired. Don't miss this. Your brain is hardwired to not worry about it, to not care about it until all of the other needs are met. So even if you're like, oh my gosh, I got to lose this weight. If there is a perception in you that those other needs are met, your brain couldn't care less about losing weight and will not devote any time, significant time or energy or resources to it. Unless your weight has become a significant medical issue that threatens your life, threatens your safety back at level number two, then our desire to lose weight and get fit is just sitting at the top of the pyramid. And make no mistake, wanting to lose weight is a luxury. Wait, hold on, Corey. I think I disagree. This whole weight loss thing, it just totally stresses me out half the time. There's nothing luxurious about it. Okay, you may feel like trying to lose weight stresses you out and takes up way too much space in your head, but here's the crazy part. That's kind of like a luxury tax. You live in such a, I don't know you personally, but if you're, if you really want to lose weight and you're stressed about losing weight, then this probably applies. You live in such a blessed time and place where all of your basic needs are met or if you're overweight, they're more than met, food, water, safety, family, friends, and belonging. And that's the only reason you, me, we, any of us, it's the only reason we even have the luxury of worrying about how we look. Now, you may be kind of aggravated with me right now. And if so, I, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of not sorry. You may be like, Corey, okay, look, I'm halfway ticked off about how you're describing weight problems as a luxury because it doesn't feel like a luxury to me and it really bothers me, but I'll try to get over that. I understand the pyramid of needs, but it doesn't make sense. Look, if my basic needs are met and they are, then I should have plenty of energy and time to focus on the top of the pyramid. I should be able to lose weight. I should be able to self-actualize, to lose weight, to achieve my goals since those other things like having enough food and water and safety are not holding me back. I hear you and I agree. It makes sense on the surface. But remember what we said earlier. For a lot of people, life is one big stress-worry sandwich. They battle through anxiety the majority of the day just trying to keep it together and make it to another day. So here's the thing. <laughs> to your brain and body, when you're stuck in this level of stress, worry, and anxiety, it's very similar to being stuck in the lower levels of the pyramid. Even though you do have plenty of food, water, and safety, mentally, emotionally, physiologically, you feel like you don't. It's like your body is stuck in fight or flight and your brain is trapped in a constantly stressed state. 
So it's like your basic needs aren't met, even though they are. And then you try to jump to the top of the pyramid and put even more pressure on yourself to lose weight and fit back into those genes from five years ago. <laughs> and your brain and your nervous system's like, what, what are you talking about? There's bombs exploding all around me. I'm worried about just making it to the next day. Proverbial bombs exploding all around you. This is why losing weight feels so freaking difficult, stressful, and nearly impossible for some people, for so many people. Honestly, your body and brain see weight loss and physical improvement as a luxury, and they're like, huh, are you kidding me? It's like living in a war zone where there's a lack of safety, food, and barely enough water, and then demanding filet mignon. <laughs> When you are constantly frazzled and burnt out by tremendous stress, worry, and anxiety, and then you try to force weight loss, that's what you're doing. You're demanding filet mignon from the Red Cross when they're just handing out bottles of water because everything's a big disaster area. So here's the obvious question. Why? Why is it like this? Why are we like this? Like, if our basic needs are truly met, then why are we stuck in this mental space where we feel... Like, they're not met. We're, we feel threatened. We feel emotionally threatened. And then that trickles into our body, and we feel physiologically and physically threatened. It could be t due to a lot of different things, a ton of things. But just to go over a few, it could possibly be some really intense trauma from your past that you've just buried deep and never dealt with. It could be uh, the loss of a loved one that you never properly grieved. It could be, God forbid, some sort of physical or sexual abuse could be any of those things. It could be a long-term, terrible, abusive relationship. It could be something maybe not quite as deeply scarring as that. It could be your perception of reality versus actual reality. Somehow you've taken on this lens of reality that puts you in a place of constant stress and worry and anxiety. And then that can lead to the next thing, which we talk about in my coaching program, and we spend a good bit of time on something that is called your emotional home. And it's basically this emotional state that you settle into that is not necessarily the state that you want to be at, but the state that you're most familiar with. And if it's full of stress and worry and anxiety, and you could have learned this from your childhood, or maybe this is something you developed when you were in college or in your, in your early 20s or through a rough patch of life, but if it becomes your emotional home, then you will do things intentionally or unintentionally to get back to that emotional home. And you've probably experienced this, right? If, if your emotional home is one of tremendous stress and worry and anxiety, suddenly when life doesn't give you anything to be tremendously stressed, worried, or anxious about, it feels really uncomfortable. And you'll find something <laughs> to be stressed, worried, or anxious about. I know because I speak from experience. So here, here's the thing, though. Regardless of the original cause, regardless of whatever's causing this, the problem is it can just kind of become who we are, even when there's no reason to feel that way. Even though your survival is not at all threatened, it feels like it is. And that's what matters to your brain and your nervous system and your body. And then your brain will start catastrophizing. Am I going to survive? Do I have enough money? Might I lose my job? Is my family safe? Does my family even love me? 
I don't know. Oh my gosh, do my friends, how about my friends? Do my friends really, they don't even really like me. I'm a terrible friend. Are they mad at me? I think everyone's mad at me. What's wrong with me? I always screw things up. I can't do anything right. I suck at my job. I suck at being a mom or dad. I suck at losing weight. I suck at life. With all of this (laughs) running through your head, how in the world can anyone feel motivated to work out or eat healthy or lose weight, right? I mean, we're just trying to survive, for goodness sakes. Just trying to survive, and then here's the big one. If we get a chance, anytime we can, we want to escape. When our body physiologically is stuck in this extreme state of fight or flight, and just in case you don't know what that is, most people are familiar with this, that is something that we develop through time biologically to protect us. Before we had all the... the amenities and luxuries that we do today it was when there was a massive stressor you walk around a corner because you're out hunting for food and there's a bear (gasps) your body goes into this massive stressed state so that you can run faster and jump higher and and flight you can run from this bear or you know you're going to have to fight and so again it's a massively stressed state it is like the the pinnacle of stress. You have to either fight or run for your life. Is anything more stressful? So when our body is stuck in this extreme state, this fight or flight, and our brain is stuck in this terrible, frantic mental space that so easily goes to panic and catastrophizing, is it any surprise that we just want to escape it all? It's miserable. Of course we want to escape. So what do we do? Different people do different things. Some people turn to alcohol, some people turn to drugs, some people turn to some other form of of distraction. But if you're listening to this podcast, the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, (laughs) there's a chance that part of what you do to escape is eat. Food brings us comfort. Chemically, physiologically, it can bring short-term mental relief, mental escape, due to a very short-term boost in certain feel-good chemicals and neurotransmitters. But there's probably also a lot of, you know, feel-good memories associated with food. Maybe growing up, your mom or your grandmother used to make delicious, hearty meals that were, you know, full of sugar and full of butter and fat and all sorts of things. And so our brain equates that with comfort. But here's the thing. I, I'm starting to think there there might be a little more to it than the chemical, short-term chemical boost that we get or maybe even the, the memories and associations we have. I never really thought about it before this episode, but it only makes sense to me that when our perception of life feels threatened, so we're stuck like in that foundational level of the pyramid, right? then maybe almost subconsciously we want the thing that we've been hardwired to believe will fix the problem. Food. That was the first level of the pyramid. Food and water. So maybe, just maybe deep down, there's this primal desire for more food if or when we're in this massively stressed fight or flight type of state when we feel threatened and overly stressed. Now, there's no solid science or research behind that. Maybe there is, but nothing that I know of. It's just kind of a a Corey theory. But I think there might be something to it. 
here's the thing. The big take-home point from all of this is, if your life or just your perception of life has you stuck in the bottom two levels of needs, the bottom two levels of the pyramid where your brain doesn't feel like the basic needs are being met, then it's basically impossible to ignore or overcome your stress in order to lose weight. Yet that's what so many people, maybe you, keep trying to do again and again and again and again. We're stuck in this horribly stressful, anxious place and yet we try to just shove it to the side and ignore it in an attempt to lose weight. And then the really weird thing that happens that I talk about over and over and over again on this podcast is that we begin to link up losing weight with reducing our stress. It's like if I could only lose weight, then my life would be better. Then I would be less stressed. We we think the <laughs> our being overweight or being out of shape is what's causing the stress. When in reality, I'm arguing that for a lot of people, it's the other way around. You're incredibly stressed and anxious and maybe not in a great mental space. And maybe that's contributed to you being overweight, but it certainly is a massive roadblock to you losing weight and keeping it off. So I hope all of you have a happy day and I'll sign off now. <laughs> awesome. Like, that's great, right? Happy ending. Thank you, Corey. Thank you for absolutely nothing. No, let's not end there. So what's the solution? Well, you may want to punch me in the face when I say it because you've heard it so many times, but here's the thing. If you want to change your body, you must first change your brain and it's never more true than here. A brand new member in my coaching group for just recently had this realization. It just finally clicked that what they had heard so many times on the podcast, if you want to change your body, you must first change your brain. She she recently said, my goodness, the mental hurdles seem endless. Last night on the coaching call, I talked to Corey about all the thoughts I've been having since starting this program last week. I can definitely see where I thought other programs didn't work. It was never the program. It was me. It was my brain. <laughs> Look, my friends, if we want any positive long-term change with our body or any part of life for that matter... We must change our brain. I believe this is true for nearly everyone, but for anyone stuck in an extreme level of stress, like I described in this episode, this is 500 times more true for you. You must address your brain, your stress, your worry, and your anxiety before, or at least during, at least alongside addressing your body. Now, what does that mean? How do you do that? Well, I'd like to provide three simple but really effective options if you'll actually do it. Option number one is counseling, counseling, therapy, whatever you want to call it. I am a particular, in particular, I am a fan of CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's one of the most researched backed forms of therapy. My wife had an incredibly positive experience with it, and it can do wonders, especially when it comes to anxiety and, and managing your, your, your mental space. So number one, counseling, specific, my specific, any counseling would be fantastic. My specific recommendation would be cognitive behavioral therapy. Number two, medication. Some people are quick to jump on medication. Some people avoid it like the plague. I cannot tell you if it is or isn't right for you. Talk with your doctor or talk with a therapist to find out. What I do know is there are some people who I know in my personal life and some people who I've coached, and medication was an absolute game changer for them. It kind of put them in a mental space where they could do the other work to further improve their mental health. 
And it was really a combination of medication with either counseling or coaching that moved them to a place that they thought they maybe could never achieve. So the second is medication. Again, talk with your doctor or a therapist or a uh, psychiatrist. And then number three, the third option is coaching. Find a program or coach that you believe in and trust and then commit to that. Now, if you are experiencing extreme (laughs) mental turmoil that you've been struggling and battling, trying to get past for years and years and years, I would probably say go counseling or medication. Those are the best, best option for a lot of people. Coaching can certainly be helpful, but there's nothing like a qualified counselor or therapist or potentially medication to help you get over your biggest mental hurdles. Or you could always opt for, as I mentioned, some combination of these three. So here's the thing. Here's what I'd like to leave you with. A special message and then some very specific action items, okay? So pay attention. Turn the volume up. Here we go. If this episode really resonated with you, I'm sorry. (laughs) And that may seem weird, but here's what I know. Being stuck in that super stressful place day after day is just no fun. It can really wear on you mentally and physically. The majority of my life, I've been blessed to have really wonderful mental health. I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. But I have had certain stints of time where I was stuck in a really rough mental place. I was stuck in that fight or flight level of stress. And it just royally sucks. So I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. But, but, please know that it doesn't have to last forever. You can progress and heal and move in a really awesome direction. But the only way that happens is if you take action. So here are your specific action items. First, get it out. You've heard me talk about it before on the podcast. It helps so much just to talk to people. So the first thing I encourage you to do is to get it out. Talk to someone you trust, someone who loves and cares for you deeply. Maybe even send them this episode. Tell them to listen because you have some some important stuff to talk to them about regarding the content. And then they'll know, okay, they'll kind of the stage will be set for you to come in and share maybe what's been going on in your head and the level of stress and anxiety that you've been feeling that you've shared with no one. So that's first. Get it out. Talk to someone. Your second action item, set yourself a deadline date. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean a deadline to have taken action with one of the options I listed earlier, counseling, medication, or coaching. Maybe it's setting up an appointment to discuss medication with your doctor. Maybe it's an initial appointment with a counselor or a therapist. Maybe it's signing up with a coach or a program that addresses not only the physical component, but also the mental component of total health. Regardless, set yourself a deadline and pull the freaking trigger. Do it. A few months from now, you'll look back and you'll either think, man, life is still the same and I still feel like I'm stuck in fight or flight every day. Or you'll look back and you'll be so happy that you actually took action, that you talked to someone you trusted and that you set yourself a deadline and took steps to move in a positive direction with your mental health. My friends, I hope this has been helpful. I hope you'll share it with someone who might benefit. Send it to them via text or social media. And I hope you'll take action because action is what gets the results that you really want from life and from your body and from your brain. And I also hope that you always remember and you never forget that there's so much more to you than just a number. So don't let the scales dominate your day or dictate your headspace. 
because you're so much more than that. You're incredible. You're, even if you're stressed or you're anxious, my heart breaks for you. But hey, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You can get there, I promise. And even if you don't believe in yourself, even if you don't believe it's possible, you can borrow my belief. I believe for you, okay? Borrow my belief. You keep coming back. We'll get you there. Take some action, my friend. Much love. God bless. Bye-bye.